Opening day. Coming and coming soon, baby. Thursday. I was uh, looking at Ken Rosenthal. He's uh, had some tweets coming out here. We got to talk some uh, some arms races. Are in our or lack thereof. Yeah, in our DM group between me, RJ, and Nelly, there was a video I want to play about you know, between the Mets and the Brewers when it comes to uh, the arms that they have. But Rowdy, the Mets now in a little trouble. What happened over the weekend? Well, <laughs> funny because I think King at the Kinger actually tagged me. I think both of us in a tweet about Mets versus Kinger. the Brewers when it comes to pitching rotations. And my response to him was basically the Mets, I think their top line guys yeah. probably are are better or a little bit higher ceiling when you look at the fact that they have the Grom or they have Scherzer, but also they have to stay healthy because they don't have the same type of depth that the Milwaukee Brewers have, where if a pitcher or two goes down, the Brewers literally have like six, seven starting pitchers that you'd feel pretty confident in throwing out there every five, you know, four or five days. Yeah. Well, the Mets, you have DeGrom, you have Scherzer, but Scherzer's getting old. Yes. Father and time's undefeated. DeGrom hasn't been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, DeGrom, literally two days later, I think it was, DeGrom comes down with an impingement in his shoulder. He will not be throwing a baseball for four weeks. Uh, Basically, uh, oh. you can pencil him out for probably a good first month and a half due to the shoulder impingement. And then Max Scherzer is experiencing, I think it's tightness in his groin or hamstring. Uh-oh. He is likely right now to miss his first start and be out at least a week. Max Scherzer with the, yes. Uh, the, now, uh, Scherzer's been really durable in his career, but I mean, he's oh, continuing he's beast, but he's to getting get older. older and older. So it's probably more and more likely he comes down with an injury. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how it works. Uh, check this out. The last time, now speaking of this, I'm reading about um, DeGrom here. The last time DeGrom pitched in a game that counted, he was brilliant. He pitched seven innings, allowed four hits and two runs against the Brewers last July 10th. This is the first game of a doubleheader at City Field. Yeah, and weirdly enough, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom, when healthy, has been probably the best pitcher in baseball. I don't know if it's really that much of a debate, especially yeah. with Kershaw getting older and Scherzer getting older. He just hasn't been healthy. And if they do see each other in the playoffs, Brewers actually have done pretty well against DeGrom. So if I remember correctly, that game, though, wasn't he going for some kind of history where it was his ERA under one? And then the Brewers dusted him up for, I think, two home runs. Yeah. And then his ERA. Yeah, here it is. His ERA yeah, went from point nine five to 1.08. Yep. I remember we celebrated like, <laughs> take yes, that to ground. Take that ball. You, you suck. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so like you're talking about the ground here. Uh, they said it isn't often that we not only see athletes perform at genius levels in real time, but can anticipate that's exactly what we're going to see. Uh, from DeGrom on the arena. Wayne Gretzky was like that in the 80s. Michael Jordan like that in the 90s. And now they were comparing DeGrom like that now. Is that is that fair, Rowdy? He's on the New York Mets. I mean, he... What championships are they winning on I the mean, Mets? Yeah, they're not. I, that's the one thing he's missing, uh, well, the Rowdy, amount of championships Rowdy said Mets are going to met. When the nah. new, DeGrom news, Rowdy's well, like, I mean, Mets think are going to met. Think about since they, they uh, drafted all of those guys. You have DeGrom, who's still on the team, but he's injured. You have... Matt Harvey, who that dark night burned bright. He had some, he lived uh, long enough to see himself become the villain. Yeah, yeah. he had some uh, demons. 
of partying, drugs, and alcohol. Yeah, that and that went downhill, and his career's it been works. in a tailspin like the last five well, plus years. It happens. Got to do something with money. You yep. also had Noah Syndergaard, who's no longer even on the team. Yep. He, I think, is I think he's with the Angels now. Yeah, we're yeah. And then, um, oh, who was the other guy in that? Rot- I can picture him. Uh, Steven Matz. 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 Another guy that had a bunch of arm injuries and wasn't able to stay healthy and hasn't been anywhere near where he was his first couple of years in the league. Yeah. It, basically, because actually the Mets were the team in 2015 that had that super young nucleus of pitchers that all happened to be relatively healthy. Yeah. And they were the team that deferred the Cubs from going to the World Series because they remember they beat the Cubs to go to the World Series. Now they got trounced in the World Series, but they actually uh, it put the Cubs on ice for at least one more year before they ended up winning it all the next year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- that Mets team from but Fuller says and Wheeler said Fuller. Yeah, they never were able to stay healthy. And yeah. now add Zach Wheeler. It's a guy I forgot. Yeah. Everyone is no longer with the Mets except for DeGrom, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Up. Yeah. And it's class. The, there's organizations that just can't get out of their own way, and you oh, can't explain it. The Mets and, are one of them. And what? Uh, was it last year or two years ago? Syndergaard had a uh, uh, hand and mouth disease, which. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, how did that happen? Basically, only babies get it. Foot, now? hand, and mouth yeah. disease, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, how the hell did you get that, dude? So, yeah, the Mets are going to Met, and now you look at arms races, Rowdy, and now we'll talk Brewers coming up here, but in the NL, do the Brewers have the best? Do they have the best stable? Deep? See, deep? Again, I think they're the deepest team. I mean, okay, you have Burns, you have Woodruff, you have Peralta. Those were three of the guys that were in the top ten for Cy Young award yeah. just last season. Mm-hmm. Not to mention you have Hauser, who was extremely... Uh, durable and steady the last couple of years. You have Eric Lauer who had a nice bounce back year last year. You have Aaron Ashby as your sixth guy at this point. And you also have a guy like Ethan Small that they feel is probably a guy that would be in the rotation if their if their rotation and pitchers weren't as good as they were. Yeah. That's literally seven guys that the Brewers feel confident in being in a five man rotation. That the same thing can't be said about the Mets and now they're already experiencing injuries that's and, they, and the season hasn't even started yet i like what rowdy said the mets are gonna met like they're just getting out of they're getting out of the way early the disappointment so we'll talk brewers upcoming here and what they got um i see some headlines that calling brandon struggling right-hander brandon woodruff then we'll talk some corbin burns who've been dynamite on the mound mm-hmm. and spring training or spring trainings there's two games left Wednesday's the day off, and then Thursday, it's go time, baby. Coming from MLB.com, and it was uh, ranking the best 10 rotations in baseball. Milwaukee came in at number two. Obviously, Mets came in at number one. But we just talked about how the Milwaukee Brewers had three guys last season in the top 10 for Cy Young voting. Mm -hmm. You then add two other guys that were pretty solid the last couple years, and you add we'll say Aaron Ashby who looked pretty good outside of his first couple appearances and an Ethan small who'd be a wild card. That's seven guys in the depth. The Mets though, you have Jacob Degrom, who, yes, he's great. He's, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. Now he's hurt. You have, yep. Now hurt again. 
Max Scherzer, number two. Yes, he's been very durable. He's a top five pitcher in baseball when healthy, but he's getting older and a little banged up already. Then you have Chris Bassett, who that was an Oakland A's starting pitcher last year. He did make the all-star team first. I believe it was his first time. But then after that, it's uh, Carlos Carrasco. He hasn't been that great in a few seasons for Cleveland. He, I believe, had cancer and some arm issues in the last few years. So he's been going through a lot, but has not been anywhere near the same Cookie Carrasco that was in Cleveland like five years ago. And then you have, uh, what, Taiwan Walker? This guy has been Mr. Inconsistent like his entire career. One year he'll be really good. He'll be like, we'll say, for example, 12 and 12 and 5 with an ERA in the threes. The next year he might be like 8 and 13 with an ERA like in the upper fours. He's been super inconsistent in his career. I, they might be more top heavy when it comes to all stars and ceilings and potential in the first three. And obviously in the postseason, yep. it's normally, you know, three man rotation, maybe four, but one, you have to get there. They play 162 games and two, once you get there, you have to be healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to sustain. Yeah. I don't know if, if I'd be willing to bet on that rotation to pitch for 162 games and then not only be good enough because I'm sure some of them will be missing due to injury, not only be good enough to have a really good postseason uh, spot, but also to be healthy by the time you got there. So um, I wanted to play this clip here from about John Heyman talking about the two teams that for him, it's between the, the Brewers and the Mets when it comes to the best rotation in baseball. Uh, see the phone line blowing up one second. I just want to get this uh, audio here. Take a listen. This is on MLB Network. Uh, a couple days ago, John Heyman talking about a little arms race here. In the- John Heyman in right now. Major John, uh, let's go through this. I love this. Rosters are set. You are picking the fall. This is Heyman's best. Finally, it's the world according to John. The world according to Gump. <laughs> now it's the world according to John. Best rotation. Who do you got? Yeah, I, I think it was between two teams. For me, it was Milwaukee or the Mets. I went with the Brewers. The Cy Young uh, winner Corbin Burns, you got Woodruff, you got Fastball Freddy, you've got Hauser and Lauer. Uh, to me, I'm giving Milwaukee the nod. Obviously, the Mets are all healthy. That is quite a rotation with DeGrom and Scherzer at the top. Bassett has looked fantastic in spring training. Mets have a terrific rotation, but uh, to me, Milwaukee is number one. Uh, I'm with you. I'm just going to stop it right there. How about that? The Brewers getting some love. Hell yeah. Well, if you look at, if you look at some of the other rankings, Blue Jays are third on this list. You have White Sox that are fourth Astros rounded out in the fifth. Obviously Verlander's coming back healthy this year. But the one thing that I look at when I look at some of those other rotations in the top five is there's always, you can point to one guy where it's like, Oh, He's kind of a weak point. He He's not that great. Weakling. He's, he's inc- inconsistent. But when you look at the Brewers, I don't think you can really look at anyone in their top six and go, he's not that good. Like at mm-hmm. least uh, every single one of them is, as I would say, would be solid. Yeah. Where Corbin Burns might only might only be lesser than maybe DeGrom when healthy. But other than that, who's better when you're talking about ceilings and performances than Corbin Burns? I mean, yeah, he's the reigning NL Cy Young winner. I don't think anybody on any of those rotations is. 
No, Corbin Burns is a phenom, dude. Uh, let's see here. Pitched on this. really well, by the way, on over the weekend. Yeah, he had six innings, six Ks, one earned run. Yeah, just two hits allowed. And now that's the second straight uh, good start for Corbin Burns in the last two after getting uh, rocked his first one. Yeah. We got to get to talking about Brandon Woodruff. <laughs> talking a little NBA. Not too many games left in the regular season, but there's four remaining. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks did lose yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic went wild. He had a season high of assists as they fell at the Pfizer of 118 to 112. They were at full strength after resting their players on, what was that, Saturday against the Clippers. So they rested, I'm sorry, Friday against the Clippers. So they rested their players, lost, just got boat raced by the Clippers, 153 to 119, my God, and then fell. Did you watch that Clippers game? That'll happen when you have four of your best players out. What, Giannis didn't play, Middleton didn't play, Holiday didn't play, Lopez didn't play, and I think another guy or two didn't play. Yeah, I mean, your starting lineup was Jordan Nora, Bobby Portis, Serge Ibaka, Javon Carter, and Pat Connaughton. So, I mean, your bench was Thanasis, Wigginton, Machiavelli, and George Hill. That was it. They got just throttled, 153 to 119. But again, they didn't play any of their big dogs. And then came back on Sunday and lost to the Mavericks. Now, you look at the NBA, and it's uh, it's kind of a logjam up there in the Eastern Conference. So the Heat are the number one seed, the Celtics are the two, and the Bucks right now are the three, and then Sixers are the fourth, and then the Bulls are the fifth. The Bucks will play the Bulls tomorrow in Chicago. So the Bucks trail the number one seed Heat by two in the loss column. They have four to play. Bucks are tied with the number two seed Celtics and number four Sixers. They still have one game versus Boston left in a game that could steal the tiebreaker against the Celtics. If it ends in a three-way tie between the Bucks, Celtics, and the Sixers, Milwaukee then would currently have the edge with a 4-2 combined record against the Celtics and the Sixers. Boston would then land the number three with a 4-3 record against the Bucks and the Sixers, and the Sixers would end up as the fourth seed with a 3-4 record against the Bucks and Celtics. Is your head spinning yet? But again, Milwaukee and Boston still have one game left on Thursday, so that will impact these records. So there is a lot to be um, you know, concluded here. But Rowdy, we were talking about this last week. Does it really... I mean, does it really matter as long as they're fourth or better? Yeah, fourth or better. The fact that they stay healthy. And I know that Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez, Holiday, they were all out. I think um, Lopez was more or less load management or like Middleton had a sore wrist. But it was, I almost feel like all of it was probably load management. Maybe it was like, yeah, my my ankle or wrist is a little sore. Yeah. We'll just chalk this one down. But yeah, as long as they get into the top four and they have a home court advantage for at least the first round, as long as you're healthy, I I mean, look at it. One through four is all separated by two and a half games. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very tight. Bucks have... But the Bucks do so. There's no NBA games at all tonight, and yeah, the championship game because of the college championship game. They start back up on Tuesday. The Bucks do play four games this week, and that's that's it for the season, right? There's only four left. That, yep. That's it. So the Bucks are going to cram this one in and see where they will finish. It is like I we were talking about very tight there at the top of the Eastern Conference, and the Bucks have been shown, you know. I know they didn't play their starters or wrestle guys Saturday. They did lose again um, with their starters, but the Bucks this past you know two weeks have just really been ramping up of how good they are and flexing their muscle. I had to chuckle. So last week, Rowdy on Tuesday it was the 76ers. Giannis Adenakumbo absolutely punked 
Joel Embiid in beating the 76ers as well. Giannis had the big block with what a minute or I'm sorry, a second and some change left on Embiid to seal the game. And then against the Nets on Thursday, Giannis hit the big three to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time points getter and then sealed it with two free throws late in overtime um, to do it over Kevin Durant. Did you Durant see what Embiid said over the weekend? That's right where I'm getting to. Right here, Joel Embiid, after scoring 44 in the Sixers win, he said, and I quote, I don't know what I have to do to win MVP. Like, what else more do I have to do to win MVP? Quote, I, I feel like they hate me. I feel like the standard for guys in Philly or for me is different than everyone else. It's funny that he did not say that after Giannis Adenokounmpo absolutely punked him last Tuesday. Yeah, that's why my response would have been pretty simple. It would have been, be better than Giannis. Yes, and Giannis is better than you, Joel Embiid. So Embiid finished behind uh, the Nuggets center reigning MVP, uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, last year, and in the latest MVP straw poll release, the Joker is still the heavy betting favorite to win the award. Uh, they said the odds are at minus 300 via Cedar Sportsbook, and then beat as the second shortest odds at plus 270, and then it's Giannis Adendokounmpo, uh for the Bucks, obviously. So you look at Joel Embiid, quote, I don't know what I have to do to win MVP. Again, I think it's hilarious that you say that now, after yesterday's game, but after Giannis absolutely got you, you were quiet on the Western, well, I guess East Coast, on the Eastern Coast there, Rowdy. But didn't Giannis have a huge move after the week that was last week? He jumped up big in the, well, he's yeah, still third, but. Giannis was 12 to 1, and he was technically third for MVP race. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he had those, they weren't back to back per se, but he had the game where he completely dominates. Uh, Joel Embiid goes for 40 plus as a game winning block and then has a huge game against the Nets and then hits the step back three that essentially got the game to overtime and pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks all time. You got it. And those just completely, he basically cut his uh, odds in half as he went from 12 to one to five and a half to one. And now if I pull this up here real quick, player futures, Currently, still five and a half to one. Okay, is he? Yeah. So looking at this, so Joel Embiid is averaging thirty point two points a game. Giannis thirty point one. Joel Embiid went from two to one to two and a half to one, so slightly fell off. And yes, uh, Jokic slightly more favored to win it. Yeah, he's the guy that the, the the campaign and pull for Giannis now has definitely changed this last week and change. Everyone's talking about how Giannis is getting no respect yet being the most dominant and best player in the NBA. People just have a hard time coming around to it. That that's, that's the narrative. I now. I saw, you, how much do you anticipate Kendrick him playing? Perkins talking about that down the stretch. Yeah. There's four games. We just talked about it. There's four games. They don't play tonight. So it's Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah. That's a lot of games fit into a short window. You don't need Giannis to, to be an MVP in any of those games. One, you probably only need him to play in two of them. Yeah. It's Bulls, Celtics, Pistons, Cavaliers is the remaining games. Um, I mean, you have playoff implications seeding anyways. For those first two. For the first two. And then the Pistons, they, They're they, not they good. stink. And the Cavaliers are decent this year. Um, and that's the final game I wouldn't game be of the surprised season, if Giannis played in two of them. Yeah, I can see two. And then, I mean, you probably know what your seeding is. And then you'd it's probably too the far at the end. He's probably too far out to le- realistically win MVP at this point. Yeah. 
you're right there. The games that actually matter is Chicago and Boston because those are two of the games or two of the teams that you're competing with in that top four. And you probably are able to beat Detroit without having to play Giannis and some of your best players just because they're a team that isn't very good and for the most part are probably tanking at this point. And the Cavs are like that interesting one because they're right on the fringe of uh, yeah, there's a seven seed. that little play-in tournament that they do now with seeds seven through ten. Yeah. They're probably too far away for, to catch Toronto in the six seed, but who knows? I feel like that's another team that... Giannis doesn't have to play 40 minutes a game for them to beat. Yeah, I don't see Giannis playing against the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons are 14th out of 15 teams in the East. They're 23 and 56. They're abysmal. And if you go back the entire week, so when they start these games up again on Tuesday to the Tuesday prior, that's five games in seven days. That's That's a big stretch. and And that's ramping up for a guy that you just need him to be healthy in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Bucks would take third place and uh, well, that, uh, be completely fine with it. Our guy, Jay Krebs, tweets, and he says, the Bucks want to get the three seed so they avoid the first-round matchup with the Nets, most likely. Now, Kyrie can play at home games now, and good on him. I was watching uh, the Nets over the weekend, and Kyrie, just a man possessed. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, obviously. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the game I was watching, they still ended up losing. They lost to the uh, the sneaky good Atlanta Hawks. Rowdy, Trey Young hit him with a shimmy. And then drained a three on them. So the Nets, despite having you know Kyrie back for both home and away, they still are this kind of this. They're not as scary as they were last season, but then they got hurt, right? So I don't know. They could be a different animal. Kyrie and KD in the playoffs. We'll see. Is Ben Simmons ever going to play? I don't know. Like that guy's hilarious. But yeah, you look at their breakdown: seventeen and twenty-one at home versus twenty-three and seventeen on the road. Yeah, Kyrie was only able to play on the road. And now he's been back. I don't know if they've won since he's been back at home. I'd have to I'd have to go look into that, the research part. Maybe they've won one under their belt. But, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, we'll talk some more MVP for um, the NBA. Giannis really making a case at the end of the season here. Not a lot of people, and Rowdy was on to this, what, two weeks ago, getting the LeBron or the Michael Jordan treatment. Can we give him MVP again? Fatigue. He is just a juggernaut, though. In the league. Giannis so is unstoppable. I saw, of all people, I saw Grant Bills put out a tweet that was a poll. Who would you rather have to face in the playoffs? Now, I think he meant just in general because Doncic is in the West. So it, if you're a Bucks fan, you'd have to play him in the finals. Yeah. Or Kevin Durant. Who would you rather see in the playoffs for like a first round matchup? Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually kind of interesting because I, I do think, well, it's not just like I have some brilliant opinion here, but uh, I do think Doncic is like that next huge best player in the league. He's a type phenom. guy. He's a phenom. And he's already showing that this year. Yeah. He's kind of showed it in the past, but he's just so young still. Yeah. I still think I would rather see him though than Kevin Durant. Cause Kevin Durant has been there, done that. Okay. Well, he's got ice in his veins. Yeah. He's but he's done there. He's been there, done that. He's a guy that is extremely tall, extremely long, can't shoot the ball. They call him the Slim Reaper for a reason. Yeah, and it just seems like this year he just doesn't give a crap. As in, that's a good thing to me. Yeah. Like, you know how he would be the guy that was on burners? He would be the guy that would be bitching with some of his teammates. 
this year it's he's I feel like it's just kind of everything's just like I don't care about anything anymore. I'm just playing basketball. Even some of his tweets where it was like well, he just I, I saw someone tweet at him they're like how do you feel about being the second best player at the height of your prime but like behind the LeBron James's yeah. or you know doing this doing that having to join the the Warriors to win a championship after they already won basically throwing it in Kevin Durant's face that he's always been like a second place guy. Yeah. He never was the the guy. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I don't care. Cause it's been a pretty damn good life. Yeah, he's got a, got a nice bank account and he's got some awards and some championships. Now he did score a career high 55 points and a career high eight, three pointers on Saturday night when I was watching, but they did lose to the Atlanta Hawks. So KD, I mean, KD has dialed it. How many 50 point games has there been in the stretch from March to April now? It's been a ton. So like, KD's had a few of them. My answer to Grant's poll would have been, I'd rather start my team around Doncic right now, but for one particular game in the playoffs, I'd roll with Durant. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, boys. Hey, um, Pali. Real quick. Giannis, this is coming from not a Bucks fan. I'm a Giannis fan now. Yeah. So yeah, he, you know, he should either win MVP or I could see uh, Jokic and him. I, I don't even know if they split it in the NBA ever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they just always pick um, one guy. You know, like Favre and Barry Sanders or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't recall ever them splitting an MV, NBA MVP. At, at minimum, it should be that. But Embiid is playing the. I'm going to cry right at the end. So hopefully media feels sorry for me because he's got. It's like the James probably, Harden approach. Now that James Harden on a scene, they figure they can cry to the media and the refs and maybe people feel sorry for him. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. He, who does Giannis have? He's got a great cast around him to compliment him and do things that they need to do, but they don't have a, a quote unquote, second superstar like James Harden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris Middleton is definitely not in the same rung as uh, the other guys. And, and, and He's so close, that should have, that should have helped them out. But either way, it'll go how it goes. I, I, I think Giannis deserves it or at least a share of it. But the one thing I want to say, and it could, it could be a D bag nomination. Maybe. Sure. What's up? Um, I want to take a second for everybody to laugh at the Lakers. Oh dude, I was going to get to this too. We're going to just bag on the Lakers coming up because, because, they were projected. I want to. I don't know if it was by ESPN or someone. They were projected to win the West. Hilarious. They, they suck. Are, they stink, and it's so funny. And 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 it's all. And you know what? They're just talking about it this morning. When I was getting ready to take the kids to school, and they're talking on ESPN about how Vogel was probably going to get fired, <laughs> and it's not even his fault. Well, he was on a game-to-game you know game basis by, Le- by LeBron James earlier this year. Remember that? Was, wasn't he the quote uh, the coach in 2020 when they won in the bubble? Fake, yeah, fake yeah. championship, fake <laughs> ring. That's fake. It, yeah, it, it, that's a crappy ring. And LeBron, like, he's he's the one that quote unquote put that team together. Oh yeah. So it's it's squarely on him. But whatever. I just I just want to laugh at the Lakers because because it's, it's fun awesome. To do. It's funny. Rowdy, you got something? No, I was just gonna say a lot of people got on my ass. Um, not too long. I think it was within a month after the Bucks won the championship. Uh, the other last summer. Because I said I wouldn't extend Budenholzer. <laughs> now, they just won the championship. I didn't want to extend it. I think he still had a year or two left on his contract, whatever it was at the time. 
but I took heat. The Lakers won a championship in 2020 and are already firing their guy in 2022. Yep. Frank Vogel. Yeah. And, and if he had a team of players, they had Kuzma. They had a good, young, up-and-coming core going. And LeBron's like, nope, we got to. Oh, well, hey, we're we're going to talk about it next because they just brought in every old timer they could find. Like, we're going to win it with all this talent. Look at all these names we have. It's like, dude, this guy's like 38. What are you going to do with him yeah. in a young man's league? I wanted the Celtics to get um, AD before the Lakers did, but yeah. I'm glad they did now because. Yeah, look at him. Elliot made him soft, dude. As great as he is, he's he's injured more than he's healthy. You go to L.A., you get soft, man. Take it easy, fellas. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. All right, I do want to make fun of the Lakers coming up here. Something Rowdy and I called this before the NBA season even started. Wake me up when September ends. Rowdy, what'd you say? Wake me up when March ends. Or when yeah, April we're ends. officially here. And yeah. weirdly enough, Ebo, I did say wake me up when March ends. I watched two Bucks games <laughs> yeah. over the last four days. Rowdy. Yeah, and, and it also helps that they were on national TV. Yes, because Bali's Bali Sports with you know I have Hulu Live. Rowdy, you have direct or yeah, direct Dish or Dish. Excuse me, Dish, Hulu Live. I think YouTube TV. If you have Ro- Roku, I think that's how you say it. Uh, you're screwed. You are. If you cut the cord to save money, you are now screwed. And to get all the other streaming stuff, now I think it costs more to have all the streaming stuff than it does to have cable, yet you're still screwed. Yeah, and it's it's actually pretty nice here. The Bucks have entered a period where they're playing a lot of nationally televised games. Like, the Nets was on TV. Mm-hmm. That was what, Thursday? Was that Thursday night? Yes. And then the Mavericks game was on AB, was it ABC? It was on national, was TV, national TV, and now tomorrow they'll be back on national TV on ESPN for the Bulls game. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a, yeah. that's a lot of viewing time for me that normally I just don't get. Yeah, I know it's awesome. All right, so something we we sniffed this out immediately, even before the NBA season started, and that was how hilarious and bad the LA Lakers. Nice catch, Rudy. Of how bad the Lakers were going to be. Nice grab. We're going to be the computer. You you saved the computer well with that bottle of water. All right, so we were like, all right, the LA Lakers are going to be absolutely atrocious this year. Uh, Everyone buying into the hype. uh, Please put down. No, it is legal. I think in uh, in LA, there in California. Please please put down the medical grade marijuana and stop smoking. The Lakers are going to be trash. Rowdy and I uh, were looking into it. Their average age. They're the they're the oldest team in the NBA. It was 31 point whatever years. The next oldest was the the Jazz, I do believe, at 28 years old and some change. The Lakers had it by almost three years. So you look at this team, Rowdy, an, old, an aging LeBron James. They had Anthony Davis, who was their youngest, you know, good guy. Then they brought in Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, he ain't getting any younger. He is. He's not getting any better. He's 33 years old. And then you go look, they brought in Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is 36 years old. Uh, they ended up getting uh, Avery Bradley. He's 31 years old. Uh, you go and look at the other guys they got on this team. They were just aged out veterans that LeBron wanted to get all these names and his best buddies and friends and go win a championship, a real championship, not the bubble championship. That's a fake ring. And go win in L.A. And now it's absolutely hilarious to see all of these big-time names who always want to be in the major markets uh, you know, the complete opposite of, you know, being a Milwaukee buck or what Giannis believes in. And they absolutely stink. 31 and 47, Rowdy. They're terrible. 
and their coach, Frank Vogel, was on a game-to-game basis because of LeBron James. LeBron one day wanted to fire him, the next wanted to you know keep him around, and he's like, well, we're going to judge it game-to-game. So Vogel's going to be out after this year. I'm surprised he's not already. And you look at this team, and you just have to laugh. And LeBron is out there basically saying that he wants to leave L.A. and go back to Cleveland. It's well, so funny. The one thing that I remember, like one of the comments that I remember talking about when we were talking about the Lakers and all these old veteran players that they're acquiring is, man, this team would have been really, really good a decade ago. Yeah. But again, a decade ago, you're talking about... Well, they brought in Carmelo Anthony. Don't forget that. How old is he? 37. Yeah. Him and LeBron are obviously really, really getting up there for NBA years. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Carmelo Anthony has been a shell of what he was now for even a while at this point. When's the last time Carmelo Anthony was actually good? When he was with the Knicks? Yeah, like... I literally think that was when I was in high school. It wasn't. It was a while ago. It's been a minute. Mm -hmm. And Russell Westbrook, everyone knew he was the guy that, when you talk about it, he, he was the guy who... You can't win a championship with look at look at Harden. Look at uh, Kevin Durant when they played with him at OKC. He has to be touching the ball. Yeah, he's a terrific talent. He's fun to watch. But when he needs volume shots and he has the ball in his hand that much, you can't actually win a championship. He can be really good. Well, they wanted to kick him off. They wanted to kick him off the team like a month ago. Remember that? They're like, we want you out of here. Dwight Howard. I, I feel like. Carmelo Anthony was more relevant than Dwight Howard. Now, Dwight Howard's still probably the better player. Yeah. But his last, when was, when was he ever good post Orlando? Like, remember the first time when he was with the Lakers and they like booed him and wanted him out of there? Yeah. Oh yeah. And now he's back. That was 2012, 13 season. They booed his ass out of there. I, I think the last time he was legitly like a top star in the NBA, he wore a magic Jersey. Yeah, I'm trying to find like he's had solid years, like decent years. Don't get me wrong. But for him to be the superstar that he was, that was in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, The last time he averaged more than 20 points, 20.6 points was 2011, 2012, his final year with the Magic. And then he never averaged over 20 points again. His closest would be 18.3 in 2013 with the Rockets. Other than that, it's been, you know, he's consistently like good, but he's not, you know, gangbusters. Oh, wow, phone line's blowing up over this. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Hey, guys, how you doing? Big Joe, one second. Line two, who's this? This is Vagabond John. Oh, Vagabond John. Dude, uh, apologies, I did not get back to you. I was actually busy Saturday, so I couldn't come. How was the concert in the last hurrah at Smokey's? It was electric. We had about, I think, about 70, 80 people showed up. Uh, we planned it a week, a week before. So doing a self-promoted last hurrah, we get 80 of our friends to show up. That was a uh, shout out to everybody because we were trying to get some good music video shots. Tell the, uh, tell, the, the band, tell the name of your band and your, is your album out? Not uh, not yet. Nope. So the album just got finished uh, getting written. And then we had one practice to go every to go over everything. And then we were like, all right, let's, we did one practice. Let's go do a show. And that's so, Smokey's. That's the last hurrah Smokey's. Incredible, dude. Yep, so our band's name is Ron's Supper Club. And obviously I know uh, know the Smokies guys well, so I, I hit them up and I said, hey guys, it'd be kind of fun for Ron's Supper Club to do a, a show in a supper club. That's awesome. And man. Uh, Matt and the guys are all about it. So I hope Secondhand Smoke John was there time. living his best life too. Oh, he was behind the bar slinging drinks like it was uh, like it was the Blue Velvet day. Hell yeah. It was hell excellent. Yeah. Johnny, Vega, what else is on your mind, brother? Yeah, just on his NBA, just the, the team building is 
in the NBA is half the drama, right? It's half the attraction. And I just find it so fascinating. You guys are uh, kind of dogging on LeBron a little bit. That's the Lakers, awesome. as, that's the Lakers as a whole. You're right. It, well, I mean, LeBron went to L.A. and immediately became L.A. He's yeah. the top dog. He's responsible for it all. And it's so interesting watching, you know, Kyrie, KD, all these other stars kind of gravitating towards each other. And LeBron's kind of that smelly kid in the corner now that no one really wants <laughs> to go hang out with. I mean, he... If you guys remember, I mean, after, um, I think it was a year before Giannis won the, the championship and with the Bucks, you know, Giannis was uh, getting recruited pretty hard by uh, Mr. Beard out there. So yep. um, shout out to him for sticking it out in Milwaukee. Obviously got himself a championship. Well, he's a smart man. He, like could, he, could, he, could, he could feel the sip shink in there in L.A. He's like, no thanks. Yeah, all these young stars are kind of looking at LeBron saying, you know, I'm just as good as you now. So there's no... He's kind of losing his power, and I think it's going to be kind of sad to see. The guy who uh, never lost his power in the other sport is Tom Brady. So they kind of get compared as the goats of their sport yeah. in the modern era, right? Yeah. Tom Brady, he didn't, uh, you know, when he needed an embattled wide receiver, he did not call Randy Moss, right? I mean, he, he moved on to, to a new, newer, <laughs> fresher stars. He called Antonio Brown. He calls whoever he needs, right? Yep. And all of a sudden, they're down, and down with him. So it's just interesting. Uh, I think LeBron's really starting to lose his uh, his political power in terms of team building. But yeah, we'll, uh, that we'll one. see how that goes for yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Vagabond John, because one of the things I thought of is remember back in those Miami days, like I guess a little prior to Miami, he was going on all those banana boats with like <laughs> Carmelo, Chris D. Paul, D. Wade, Chris Bosh, and it uh, ended up being him, Wade, and Bosh ended up going to Miami together. That was when they were all like top 10 players in the league. Not when Carmelo gets ranked 150th on a list. Also in their 20s. That even actually might be kind at this point. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's shout out to LeBron for lasting this long. Most guys are, are, are gone and out of the media by now, right? I mean, yep. if you look at that picture, where's Dwayne Wade right now, right? So, um, you know, it's shout out to him. He's still a huge brand and everything. It's just... Uh, it's a little sad to see, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, what Tiger Woods? Same thing. Oh, he's oh Tiger Woods coming back for the Masters, baby! You just wait. Yeah, he's coming. Uh, everyone's gonna. He's I, coming. I would bet on him, but everyone's gonna bet on him. So therefore, the odds are not gonna be great. Yeah, but you know, Johnny. Well, also, it's like maybe LeBron just. Uh, now this is kind of tongue in cheek. Maybe he doesn't have all their numbers because all the guys he was buddies with for so long <laughs> are retired now or in just shells of what they were. Yeah. I guarantee you LeBron's got pretty much every phone number in the NBA. Yeah. Hey, Johnny, you're the man, brother. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you, mate. See you, That's buddy. why I said tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek. Tongue uh, let's see here. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good Good Monday morning. Hey, Nathan. Good, good morning. You know, I'm uh, kind of happy to see LeBron start getting his come-up-ins or come-down-ins. Come-down-ins? Yeah. Uh. It, you know, I'm glad that Feeney Buss and them, they stood up to him when they were trying to do the John Wall trade and just be like, nope, you built this team, deal with it. <laughs> you know, they're full of max contracts and minimum contracts. So, I mean, there's really no trade value for anybody because you got guys that are way overpaid and you got guys that suck. And then you guys got sucked that are overpaid. way overpaid. <laughs> um, you know, the whole John Wall thing, that's irritating because – Oh, he shares a, a manager or a 
agent with LeBron. So basically, they weren't trying to get um, a better player. They were just trying to get John Wall out of a worse situation, which I don't know how any team is a worse situation than L.A. at this point. But they stink. You know, I got tired of LeBron being the coach, the general manager, and the star player all in one. I mean, to dictate everything, and now I want this guy and I want this guy because – well, this guy's another 36-year-old, and I trust his hands, and now, look, you suck because you didn't put your trust in younger players. So yeah. and There it is, and there it is, Nathan. Nathan, who you got and tonight? Because I, um, yeah, I know you're you know, with uh, Duke out now. Your wife is a Blue Devils fan, correct? Memory serves me correctly? Yeah. Yes. Are you cheering your heart out tonight for UNC, or is it Misery Loves Company? you got to be with the missus, who's a Duke Blue Devils fan, and you're cheering against UNC. Um, I think she's done watching it. She had that attitude of, well, Duke played a good game. Well, you know what that means. But I, I'm going with UNC just because they're the eight seed going against the number one. So, gotcha, I mean, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. no other reason than that. Gotcha. Well, Nathan, nice hearing from you. Happy Monday. You got a little al- allergies going today? You all right? I got so I had something like last week, and I'm glad it cleared up for at least one day when I was in the studio, and then it came back. <laughs> well, Nathan, so. uh, just sounds like some allergies. Take, take some uh, allergy medication. You'll be good, brother. Be good, brother. All see, right. see, see, see. In our DM group between myself, Nelly, and RJ, uh, a little bit of chatter of the Oakland A's, also the the Baltimore Orioles. I, I saw Brutal. this. I saw this graphic just pop up from CBS Sports. Uh, earlier this morning, uh, the title is, This is Actually Insane. So you look at <laughs> Max Scherzer's salary is greater than entire team payrolls. Scherzer, $43.3 million in 2022. The entirety of the Pittsburgh Pirates, $37.9 million. The Guardians, 374 That's Cleveland's name now. The A's, $32.5 million, and then the Baltimore Orioles at $31.7. Max Scherzer's 2022 salary eclipses the Pirates, the Guardians, the A's, and the Orioles. Wow. Well, we know that one of the big talking points for the players versus the owners was the fact that one of them was, well, contracts, arbitration, but the other was tanking. Yeah. And the players don't like it because it can hamper some of their salaries if teams want to cut bait with players to completely rebuild. Now, I get it from the team's perspective because the Astros showed that in the mid 2000, well, in the 2010s and early 2010s, dumping salary and just being as bad as you can. And getting really good draft picks and hitting on them can make you really good. Like, look at what the Astros did, whether it was cheating or not. That team was really good from guys that either they went out and drafted or they signed from international signings. Yeah. So I get it. But at the same time, we were bitching about the Brewers not spending money, but we're bitching about the Brewers not spending money because they're competitive. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, like the iron's hot. Strike. Exactly. Go get your couple new couple bats and, and really be a team that could win a World Series instead of having to rely on your pitching to be so good and trying to find timely hitting. Well, the A's have now traded Sean Manaya. They traded Chris Bassett to the Mets. Mets are 100% okay with spending hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're a bigger market. Obviously the A's have been cutting and cutting and cutting same with Baltimore, Mm -hmm. but 
the I saw the funniest thing ever was I looked at Baltimore, their payrolls thirty three million. Yep, and they were talking about you know some of the guys on the team and how they're not going to be very competitive. So I went and dove into their their uh, payroll for the for the A's. For this was for the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles, excuse me, yeah. The Baltimore Orioles, whose payroll is currently thirty-three million, their highest-paid player isn't even playing for them this year. Didn't he retire like two years it's ago? It's Chris Davis, the he, big slugger from literally like roughly a decade ago. And he retired. Was it two years ago or three? He retired because he's. It done. wasn't too long ago, but yeah, he was so bad after signing that contract. They're paying him seventeen million dollars this year. And then I went and looked at the rest of their roster. Seventeen million for Chris Davis. Their highest paid player is Trey Mancini, who's a great player in his own right. He's making seven and a half million this year due to arbitration. Uh-huh. It's his final year of arbitration. But uh, their third highest salary on the team is deferred payments to Alex Cobb, who yes isn't even on the team. My so, God, <laughs> they have what about the Cobb's on the Giants? Now? They have about. 32 million that's tied up in roughly players that aren't even going to be there after next year. That's wild, dude. But the funniest thing is you go and look at how much they make a year off of their TV deals. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I looked up uh, Baltimore. I looked up Oakland because they were two teams that were cutting and Oakland who had a payroll of roughly the same as Baltimore. They're in that low to mid thirties. They actually, from the TV deal that they signed, make $41 million a year just on their TV deal. So their TV deal is completely paying for their entire payroll and then some. (sighs) And then all the money that they get from seats. So obviously like the turnstiles, your food and beverages, your parking, everything on top of that is literally just straight profit. That's wild. And here they are at what? And that's what the players were getting at is that. These owners, whether you're pro or, I guess, against Dan Snyder with two books, all these owners have multiple books. You just can't see them. Yeah, just don't get caught. Uh, the King says the Yankees, they have a higher payroll or salary than like five countries in the world. So think of that. For well, a remember when we were looking at the Dodgers and the Dodgers have a huge payroll of like over 300 million, about 300 yeah. ish million. Yeah. But yet with their TV deal and, and radio deals. Like they're strictly their payroll just from that could be like two hundred million every single year. Yep, it's nuts. Where it's teams like Milwaukee, teams like we'll even say uh, Baltimore or the Athletics, who don't have as much TV money, it's hard to be competitive when you can't spend the money. Yeah. Now, I personally think the Brewers could go out and spend some more. That's why I've, I'm, Marty, I'm not Mark an advocate. Anasio has got more memorabilia to buy. Okay, see, I'm not an advocate for the brewers to spend money just to spend it. Like I, I think with how the rules are, I think it is actually pretty stupid to spend money. If you're like an 80 win team. Yes. Like if you're like that middle of the road team, I think it is kind of dumb. Cause you know, you can't win a world series and you might as well try and rebuild or at least try and go get good players. But when you got the stable, but when you have the pitching. the pitching rotation that the brewers currently have. And if you added a couple bats, go spend the money and actually win when you're in that four to five year window that the brewers had, Yep. Go win it. It's crazy the amount of money being spent. All right. Uh, phone lines blowing up. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Um, this is hey. Pete, the, four, the the brother who used to go to the hockey game. My man, Pete, the brother who used to go to the hockey game. What's up, Pete? Good morning, Pete. Oh, 
Oh, is that? Oh, was that Ben? Yep. Or, yep. or or? Oh, hi, Ben. It is Happy uh, Monday. Yeah, Nelson always goes and hides when I call. I think, mate, do you guys like stand over in the corner when I call and stick your fingers down your throat? You know, because when I call, no, when I only Pete, half the time. <laughs> oh, okay, my good. ears get percolated, and I, I I get more. I get lean into the mic a little more. I'm, I'm like, always I, here. Yeah, we love okay, you, Pete. Well, we love you, especially I, well, I do. Well, well. First of all, I, I, I may have some breaking news. It, it, it looks like Will Smith is kind of being canceled, and I think he's he's thinking about becoming uh, Matt Damon's uh, caddy permanently. <laughs> he did rescind his uh, his academy membership or whatever, Pete. So oh, I heard he got a job to play Jawan Howard in his upcoming biopic. Yeah, Pete, Pete yeah. had that. Pete had oh, that. really? Well, Slapshot too. Slapshot too, right, Pete? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Slapshot too. The uh, the. Uh, <laughs> The handshake line. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for that. I'll, I'll buy a ticket to that opening night. Okay. For uh, Now, for all you all you people out there that, you know, wait a minute, this is talk radio, so I know you have to talk about something. But, to you know, the, this uh, your obsession with the MVP, I mean, it, you know, so what? Who, for Giannis? Somebody, no, for, well, for baseball, football, oh, okay. whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I mean – if a person pads their stats against crummy teams, you know, but then they don't win anything in the end, you know, I, so my, my test is when, when, when you first started to, to follow sports, think of, think about this and tell me that when you, you know, however old you were and you first started to follow sports, you remember who won the championship that year in whatever sport you followed and who was MVP? And, and, and try to do that without looking it up. Now, Pete, now I'll you know, say this for myself personally. When I really started getting into football, it was the height of Brett Favre. So I actually, oh, okay. I actually have a sweater, not a sweatshirt, a sweater of Brett Favre that says back-to-back MVP of 95-96. I wish I had the three-peat. But, so I'm a little different with Brett Favre because I actually own clothes that have back-to-back MVP for Brett Favre. Were you a, were you a Brewer fan? Uh, um, yes. Yes, I was. But can, so can you t- can, do you know who no. was in those two years? Okay. All right. So you don't know who the MVP was and you don't know who won baseball championship. Uh, it was not the Brewers. Okay. Well, anyhow, then, then the, the – the last thing I'm going to say is that with this problem with baseball, I told you the players have a problem with other players and the owners have a problem with other owners. The, the owners that have to share money with a low revenue team, I, I, I would just be, you know, out of my mind. I mean, if they can, if they can, you know, get money from, from me for, for spending on my team and then have a low payroll, I, I think that's ridiculous. And George Steinbrenner was against it just because of that. If if they don't want to uh, uh, come up to a particular threshold, they shouldn't be able to, to get revenue sharing. I mean, if you want to be cheap, okay. And the, and the same thing with the players. If if uh, if Scherzer gets you know more than than a three entire teams, then then as a player, I have problem with his salary. Sure. Not you know. So I think that the players have it's it's not it's not it's an internal problem. It's management's problem with other management and players with other players. I mean, you know, Scherzer's not out there alone. Why should why is he getting forty three million dollars and I get, you know, the minimum of seven hundred and fifty? I mean that's ridic- that's a ridiculous system. I mean 
Yes, but, but you don't have to raise your hand, Ben. You can just talk. I heard a genius <laughs> idea listening to a radio program the other day. Oh, you listen uh, from 6 to 10 every morning? It then. was Good for you. Well, it was on the weekend, so you guys weren't on. Oh. It was brought up that if an MOB owner misses the playoffs or sports as a whole, if they miss the playoffs for 10 consecutive years, they should be forced to sell the team. What do you think of that? Pete? I agree with that. Yeah, or, yeah. Be, or be or be regulated yeah, like, like, uh, like English they are like soccer. soccer. Yeah. You don't yeah, think they too. should be rele- relegated, not yeah. regulated. Relegated. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, I agree with that. Pete, you know what they would do? They would come up with that uh, 12-team playoff system sooner <laughs> than later. <laughs> Well, well, the, yeah, but the, then they'd have to lock out the players because the players have to agree to that. So there'd be another lockout, and then then they'd have to renegotiate the contracts again. They, you know, I don't know if they want to do that, but yeah, I I agree I with like that. that. I like that. It's yeah, a half baked idea. I haven't thought about logistics. Half baked. Also, I like a great the movie. idea. Hey, Pete, before I let you go, man, uh, who you got tonight? And don't, don't say I don't care. Who do you got tonight? North Carolina or Kansas? Well, oh, oh God, oh, did we, oh gosh. Uh, you can say okay. I don't care, I guess. Can, 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 no, I won't. You ask me. Okay, okay can, Kansas is better. I mean, it's hard to root for anybody from the ACC or the SEC. So you know, I don't have any particular love from uh, UNC. I mean, they, you know, they, that's supposed to be a, a great academic university, and and <laughs> and and they really cheated with yeah, their sports program. Yeah, foot, football and basketball. They're even disgusting. So, uh, <laughs> they denied know. me, too. They denied you from it's messed up. From underwater basket weaving? <laughs> yeah, so, so oh, oh, is that where you, oh, the fancy school there. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I oh. wouldn't, I wouldn't even have that for my, you know, uh, my safety school. Wow. Hey, where, where are you at? UW-Madison and Marquette, both? Yeah, right. I went to yeah, but but uh, I should have gone to I should have gone to Georgetown because then my my aunt could have set me up as a fancy lawyer. She was a lawyer <laughs> in uh, in Washington, and if I had gone to law school there, you know, I I'd be living in a condo on the Potomac right now. Hey, you're, you, know, you, but, you are you are good at arguing arguing, Pete. So I can I can dig it. I could see another life of you being a lawyer. I could see it. Yeah, take it easy. Yeah, see if you have a happy Monday. Line three. Good morning. Who's this? You got your mate tag man, right? Well, what is uh, up, Zach? What's up, boys? What's happening? So here, here's the thing that absolutely boggles my mind about baseball and payroll and, and everything like that. So you have a team where I, I spent a number of years, the Pittsburgh Pirates, yep. who have a revenue or a uh, what their um, salary is $37.9 million. $37.9 million. And According to you have the top, ten, the top ten teams uh, in, in uh, payroll pay the Pittsburgh Pirates approximately $40 million a year in revenue sharing. So that means the Pirates are getting money from these teams and not spending all of it. Not only that, but right. they have the TV deal. They have turnstile and parking and everything like that. There was a there was a thing when I used to live there fifteen years ago. There was a big thing about how they could probably spend about eighty million dollars in payroll, and Bob Nutting and the owners would still make money. 
it's absolutely bonkers what's going on with Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. And the salaries. Because you have teams like the uh, the Dodgers, where they're, they're uh, well into the $270 million range. And then you have teams like the Pirates spending uh, like yeah, the, the Dodgers total payrolls number one, 279 million. Well, that's why if you got the money, you go into buying a, a professional sports franchise, because I don't think anyone's ever wound up on the wrong end unless you like fake bought it. Like the one uh, ESPN 30 for 30. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever had uh, lost money on buying a team. No, no, you really don't. Um, you, you might have some guys have been well, forced to sell. And then when they're forced to sell, they just make, insane cash well yeah like uh what's his name from the clippers a number of years back yeah he, i mean that freak they ended up he ended up making like two billion dollars off of selling the team it what was that guy's name Rick again sterling yeah donald sterling was donald that sterling yeah that's the one uh but yeah owning a owning a major league baseball team has absolutely zero repercussions and those are the owners that everybody's ticked off about uh you know because they're not spending the money they're they're not spending the amount of money that they're bringing in, and they're just pocketing tens of millions of dollars a year just on, like I said, on revenue sharing like and a, the TV deal like and turnstile. I'm gonna get in on that. How do I get in on that? I guess I got to have fu money, eh? Right, that's exactly it. But what what you guys were talking about with I gotta with go find oil somewhere. I gotta find oil. I would, I would love I would love to see relegation. Now the the kicker with that is you would have to you'd have to separate uh, minor league baseball from major league baseball, take your triple-A teams and have them, you'd have to contract triple-A by about 15 teams. Well, and I mean, then you'd have the floating five or the floating eight, whatever it is, that bounce between major league baseball and triple-A. So that's, that's how that would work. But you, you would you would have to have the larger cities – that have the AAA, like Nashville, yeah. Indianapolis, that don't have a Major League Baseball team, those are the ones that you would need to have. Uh, I mean, it's a fun idea. AAA. It's a fun idea, but, I mean, honestly. It'll never, it'll it'll never, never happen. happen. The owners will never allow it to happen but... because those owners have so much stake in the minor league system because that's also where they're making their money because they're selling off their parts for next to nothing. Sure, yeah. You know, they're selling off prospects for next to nothing and that's also what's killing the game. The 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 free movement of players and I know you know you should be able to move players and stuff, but just being able to to do whatever you want willy-nilly with no repercussions is absolutely harming the game. Yep, they're going to keep and on the doing game it. That, and the game that I love and grew up loving. You still love her? You still love her? I, I still love baseball, but yeah, love it, it, it's it's a lot harder to uh, to love it when you have teams like the Pirates and the Orioles that absolutely suck. Labored love now. Labored love. It, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, may take man, you to man. Happy Monday, brother. Oh, uh, North Carolina guys. or Kansas? We got uh, Kansas. Kansas yeah. by a dozen. All right, buddy. Ooh. 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 Hell, hell yeah. Love you guys. Much See love. Ya. See you, buddy. Thursday, opening day in American Family Field South. Otherwise known as Wrigley, one twenty first pitch. In fact, right, Rowdy, the whole first series is one twenty first pitches. We were asked what the weather was like for opening day. Uh, I went and looked. Now it is a little early, obviously, it's being, being Monday, but Thursday a high of forty seven in Chicago with a forty percent chance of rain. Don't rain us out on opening day for the love of God. 
Uh, but Rowdy, you were uh, said something. Oh, let's talk about it after the break. Well, it's after the break. Prospects and the Brewers, where they sit when it comes to well, you tell the fine folks. Well, it was, this was just kind of going off of the team payroll yeah. and how it's a lot easier, especially in a sport like baseball, to spend money and be a better team. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bigger market, you have the opportunity to spend more money and therefore have a chance at being a better team. Yeah. The top 100 players came out and it was actually pretty interesting because the Brewers ended up coming in fourth with the fourth most top 100 players. They have six in the top 100 but the teams that were ahead of them, the L.A. Dodgers, number one, they had 11 players in the top 100. Makes sense. They have the most money. Uh, yep, exactly. They come in at number one when with payroll. Number two, Chicago White Sox, another huge market of Chicago. They had eight players in the top 100. Where does Chicago come in payroll-wise? Seventh. Yep. 181 million. Number three, tied with... The White Sox was the Houston Astros. They also had eight top 100 players. They currently have the 11th highest payroll, and Houston's a huge market. I'm going to round up to $164 million for the Astros. And then there are the Toronto Blue Jays who came in, but, and they were fourth with seventh. Or, and, sorry, seven top 100 players. They come in in the top 10 in payroll, yep. and then it's the Brewers who are fifth. Six 100 players. Obviously, you have to scroll way down. Brewers are 17th in payroll. 120. But I think if you look at those five teams, the Brewers are by far the smallest market. They've spent the least amount of money by far. And those other teams clearly come from bigger markets. But I think the interesting thing with those players is the majority of those Brewers top six those are guys that they drafted yeah. and or signed with international signings. Now, Toronto, same thing. A lot of their top players were also drafted or international signings, but they have the ability to go out and spend more money, and that's what they've done this offseason. They've spent more money jolting them into the top 10. I just, I just think, it's, uh, I think it's pretty interesting. And for those top 100 players... The Brewers six. Christian Yelich is included in that. He oh, came. He, he came in at number one hundred of the top one hundred. He is the one hundred. He is the one hundredth player. He keeps it one hundred. Now Brewer fans probably, if you've watched him the last couple of years, would probably argue. What was he at the year before? Well, going into two thousand and twenty, because remember he had two thousand eighteen where he's MVP, two thousand nineteen where he arguably had better statistics but didn't win due to that broken kneecap where he didn't finish out the last three, four weeks of the season. Yeah. He was coming in, in the top five in 2020. And and you have to remember where they were at with him Uh, behind Mike Trout. You couldn't name a better hitter. It was literally Mike Trout than Christian Yelich. Yeah. So the fall has been pretty far for uh, Yelly. Cody Bellinger fell off too. Cause he he actually came in at 99 on the list. Oh, really? Because Bellinger was right up there with Yelly uh, when he blew his kneecap out right. And then Bellinger fell off the face of the earth too, didn't he? Now, the one the difference between the two is Cody Bellinger's having a terrible spring. Yeah. There was like at one point he had like 20 at-bats and like 16 strikeouts. <whistles> now, Yelich not playing up to the likes of his 18 and 19 seasons, but... I think if you've watched enough spring training, you see that Yelich is kind of in the Christian Yelich mode that he was. When was that? 
uh, late August, early September, where he was swinging the bat well, hitting for a high average, but there wasn't a ton of production behind it. Yeah, there wasn't. That's kind of what he's looked like so far in spring. Now, if you're the Brewers, if you can get a Christian Yelich to hit 285 and maybe hit 15, 20 home runs, it's a hell of a lot better than where he's been at. That's, that's still kind of like you say that and it kind of raises an eyebrow a little bit, right? I know, but at, at this point, I mean, what, with how the Brewers steps. are assembled, if you can get a borderline all-star in Christian Yelich performance this year, that just makes them so much better. Because Christian Yelich is one of the key linchpins in the offense oh, for sure. that's supposed to be built around for him being great. And he's that's, the highest paid player. He's getting paid $26 million a year for a reason. I just Googled Christian Yelich, and out of the top stories, two of the three is Christian Yelich. Is he a strong bounce-back candidate? Christian Yelich looking to rebound. Can Christian Yelich rebound from last season? My God, you sure hope so, because he's the highest-paid player on your team. And if you can get, I'm not talking MVP levels, but if you can get back to somewhere near that, then the Brewers are going to be unstoppable. Well, when you look at some of the higher contracts on the Milwaukee Brewers right now, your two highest contracts are guys that, you need to play pretty well, especially if you want your offense to to be competing in the playoffs. Because it's Christian Yelich at twenty six million, it's Lorenzo Cain at seventeen million. Yeah. Neither guy has given. Well, in two thousand and twenty, Yelich wasn't very good, and Lorenzo Cain did not play. In twenty twenty one, Christian Yelich wasn't very good, and Lorenzo Cain was hampered with injuries for the majority of that season. Yeah. Like the, when you have a payroll of roughly what? 118 million that the Brewers have currently. Yep. Yeah. And those two guys eat up what? 17 and 26. <laughs> so that's 43 out of your 118 million. You have to have them play. They have well. to produce. They have to. At least, at least from Lorenzo Cain, get on base and play good defense. And then Christian Yelich has to be productive. But does he get on base? All right, let's see. Phone lines are going. Uh, let's see here. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Hey, morning, guys. Hey, Kyle. What's up, dude? Hey, not much. Uh, I just got a hypothetical here for you. I'm listening. Uh, what's What's more likely to happen this season, Brewers win the World Series or Christian Yelich gets back to MVP level and wins the MVP? I think they coincide with one another. They do a little bit. I'll still say series. that uh, World Series Brewers. Brewers winning the World Series. Yep, World Series Brewers. I hope so, man. <laughs> Same. Every season, Kyle. God, I hope this is the year. God, it would just be so sweet if they could do that. How sweet. It- Kyle, I was uh, out Saturday, and there was a guy next to me, big Cubs wonk, and then uh-huh. another guy walked in wearing a Cubs jacket. I about vomited. They didn't know each other, but they started you know, broing down right by me about the Cubs, and, I'm, and they started asking me my fandom, and I brought up the Brewers. And they go, oh, at least we have a championship in our lifetime. And I about, mm, mm. Yeah, take that probably, drink in my hand. It's bashed it over his head, but I didn't. You know, probably, probably the only reason they are Cubs fans because I, I, I swear to God, there's more Cubs fans since they won the World Series. Oh yeah, totally. And the and, you know. and before the Cubs won the World Series, those same people were in Brewer shirts. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kyle, yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, play along. I, maybe you care, maybe you don't. Who would you rather see win, Kansas or North Carolina? Oh, I care, man, because this is the last uh, college basketball game of the season. You know, Who you got? that actually that actually matters. I'm taking North Carolina. There you go. Uh, actually, Rowdy's got the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> I, I clapped for him a second there. Uh, Kyle, you the man, brother. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Have See a good day.
I got excited there for a second, Rowdy. I remember, oh, yeah, Rowdy's got actually. You know what actually I find interesting when looking at payrolls? We talk about how it's a two-horse race in the Central between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Cardinals come in 12th. Hundred just shy of 151 million Brewers 17th at about 118 million. Yeah. The funny thing is some of the teams we're not talking about. It's obviously Pittsburgh who I guess we did talk about them a little earlier, how they're completely cutting their payroll and they're way down yeah, they're 28th. 28th at just under 38 million. And then it's the reds they're who 21st. they're selling everybody and they're down at 21, just under a hundred million. But the interesting team, and I kind of thought about this when he, when Kyle mentioned the Cubs, is they're fifteenth yep. when it comes to salary, more and, than the Brewers. Yeah, just shy of one hundred and thirty-one, more than Milwaukee, just behind St. Louis. Yet the Cubs aren't expected to be very good. I think no, their win. Haven't. I think their uh, win total third. is seventy-four, seventy-five, somewhere ooh, in there. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, but I mean, they third. they still went out and what signed seventy-three. Yeah, I think they were just slightly under the Cubs, and then the the Pirates Those were the down in the sixties. Yeah, but uh, they did go out and sign some big time names like the Marcus Strowmans of the world. So, so the Cubs kind of did like a weird thing. They went out and sold like all of the group that they won a World Series with for the most part, outside of what Wilson Contreras is a guy that's likely to be traded by the deadline. You still have uh, Jason Hayward because of his fat contract that yeah. he's still sitting on. You can't really move him. But then you go out and sign some some arms and spend some money. So it's like the Cubs are kind of doing a weird thing. They might kind of be competitive, but they're not going to be, yeah. if that makes sense. I can't wait to have the Brewers just – nothing brings me more joy than see the Brewers above the Cubs in the NL Central standings. Uh, line two, good morning. Who's this? Z and the D, I'm doing my inner Oh, back to back. Or not back to back, but double up on a Monday, Z. Yeah. All right. Now, like, question for you. What do you think is more important stat – and just overall or fantasy. Is it on base percentage or average? Well, have you seen the movie Moneyball? Um, yeah, for I fantasy baseball, I'll take average. You'll take average, but you think the better – I think the better stats on base percentage. It, it rewards the guys that are actually smart at the plate. Well, I would agree with you, but in fantasy, I'd rather have the hitting statistics because most leagues don't play on base percentage. I know. I was trying to – so our league, this NL only league, these guys are like in their 50s couple are in their 60s and I'm trying to sway them to like let's switch this to on base because it's bull crap because you got guys like I don't know uh, Jesus Aguilar that's got a 220 average but his on base is probably around 300 because he gets those walks every now and then or like a Joey Votto was king at that stat for a long time where his on base was like at a 370 like Freddie Freeman I think this last year he averaged the 319 but his on base was like 427. So I just think on base is just the better way to go, in my honest opinion. I mean, you, well, I you hope, I hope the guys up. that run your league are listening, then, Z. Oh, I, I will send this clip to them. <laughs> All right, good. But good, good, good. I just, yeah, they created a whole movie about it on Moneyball. I mean, when they when you go to the MLB park, what, what are they more likely to show? The on base percentage or sluggage or the average? I think they're showing on base more than they are showing average on the Jumbotron. We'll do a social experiment. We'll get to uh, American Family Field a bunch this year, and we'll check it out. Sounds good. I'll be sleeping underneath the bus. I was going to say, you better watch your liquor. All right, I will. I see you, buddy. If you want to talk about high-detailed, higher-level leagues, just look at the one that Becker and I are in. Yeah. There's stats in there that you won't even think of. I don't even want to ask.